Hello and welcome to the All Blacks edition episode 60. And what are we going to be talking about this evening? Well, Bledisloe Cup, a bit more Bledisloe Cup and even more Bledisloe Cup with maybe a slight dash of Wallaroos versus Blackferns in there as well. But yes, we're going to be trawling over the uh, the, the All Blacks, uh, sorry, the, the, the Blackfern, the, dear me, tongue and words, they just don't work tonight. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be going over Bledisloe Cup 1. Uh, and uh, the fallout for that, particularly from an All Blacks point of view. Uh, and then we'll be looking forward to um, the Bledisloe Cup in at Eden Park as well. But before that, we'll have a say, very quick chat about the Blackferns. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best pleasure predictions and opinion. Um, and joining me this evening to do all of that is the real Mike Pullman. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay, Paul. It's good to, good to be here. And never fear all Blackferns, there is another day tomorrow. <laughs> the sun will rise, <laughs> the yeah. tides will ebb and flow, there will be fishing, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and if you're a Kiwi, fishing, fishing is very important. Yes, a lot of fishing from some media pundits at the moment for excuses, I think, Paul. Well, I think been fishing for clicks, definitely, yeah. has been, <laughs> that's been happening um, from a lot of media pundits. Um, as well, but before we get on to the black, the All Blacks, let's have a quick chat about the Black Ferns. And they uh, uh, won at the weekend, ten forty-seven, uh, and both Australia's tries came kind of later on, so uh, uh, unconverted, both out on the wing, out on the left wing there. Um, but the the Black Ferns, yeah, put in a uh, a very uh, good performance at the weekend. Yeah, they absolutely spanked them, um, and yeah, good to see. I I was hoping for a bit of a tighter contest. I didn't get to get to see the game, obviously, but um, but yeah, I, I think um, oh, I don't really know. I, without watching it too closely, I can't comment. But um, good result for the Blackfords, and um, I know this is not rugby, but a really good week for uh, women's sport in New Zealand, obviously with the uh, the the cricket. Um, deal as well so yeah good on them and hopefully they can uh, repeat at Eden Park in front of a sellout crowd uh, this weekend yeah both of us were at FMG Stadium for the uh, for um, Waikato versus Canterbury during the game so no I didn't watch it live either I did watch the highlights on uh, on, on YouTube um, today to, to catch up on the game uh, and yes yeah, some, some very uh, a mixture of, of tries some, some from the forwards powering over uh, some from the backs as well with some lovely running lines, uh, some of the more experienced players as well, getting uh, reasserting themselves uh, on this game, which was good to see. Uh, and I say, as with Australia ranked seven in the world going into this game and New Zealand ranked number one, having come off the back of the uh, of winning the Super Series out in, um, out, out in the States, it's kind of what we expected. Um, and hopefully we'll, yeah, we're just hoping the Wallaroos get more and more competitive each year because it's great to see they're actually getting, we're having these regular games now. Uh, last year was the first time, but it looks like it's going to be a, a permanent fixture now around Bledisloe Cup games. Yeah, awesome. And it's also probably why the Farrah Palmer Cup hasn't kicked off yet. Um, just as a sort of side note, uh, the Mindset Cup obviously has kicked off. Now, the Farrah Palmer Cup is expanding by an extra team, so it's up to 13 teams now, with Northland joining the crowd. The only non so the only Meistertown Cup team that isn't in there um, is Southland now, so all the other provinces, all 13 provinces in the Meistertown Cup have got uh, women's sides in that Farrah Palmer Cup. I'll be covering a couple of those games at the double-headers um, during my uh, trips around New Zealand, 
or around the upper North Island of New Zealand, shall I say, at least, uh, getting some other 10 Cup games. But so, yeah, good um, good performance by the Black Ferns there. Now then, the largest ever loss to, New Ze- to, um, to Australia, the most points ever conceded by the All Blacks against Australia, um, finishing 47-26. This, um, it was a historic night uh, over there in Perth. I, th- I think uh, the Wallabies will be wanting to go back west again, won't they? Oh, they definitely. What, what a fantastic stadium that is. Um, one of the, probably the best atmosphere I've seen, uh, at least as much as you can tell on TV, but cracking atmosphere over there at the stadium. Um, and, and, yeah, the Wallabies played uh, brilliantly as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you, you know, obviously we'll get in, into all of it, but um, I, I've got nothing but praise for for that team, to be honest. Uh, you say that um, for, for that for that Wallaby team, and they did play very well. But uh, there were definitely areas that I could think that they can improve. Um, to be honest, the uh, the number six I've gone um, Luke Antui, I think it is uh, for them made a couple of mistakes early on, so he he's definitely got room for for improvement. And I'd be very impressed by him, and he's part of that bigger pack uh, that we've been talking about. Also, um, I think it's going to take a while for O'Connor to get used to playing in that thirteen jersey. Because when he was at Sale, he played 10, 15, and 12. He never actually got into that 13 jersey. Uh, he's not had much time there. Uh, and I think, he was, I think he was keeping himself too deep at times. Um, and so if we think about that first try, for example, Anton Brown nearly, uh, nearly intercepted it because he was expecting James O'Connor to be there to catch that ball. And he was expecting to take man and ball. But James O'Connor wasn't. <laughs> he was about two steps further back. Uh, and basically, yeah, he was playing too deep. Um, yeah, fair point there. Um, James O'Connor looked pretty good, though. Hmm. Yes, he was too deep, but he, you know, I thought he he had the pace and he uh, he got through Dave Coles a couple of times. And his ability, uh, it you know, maybe a reflection on the the All Black tackling techniques that night, but um, the ability to get the hands free and and pass on the ball, I, I thought he was um, pretty decent all round, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I take, I take your point on that, actually. Yeah, Probably the whole back line, in, in some ways, was 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 too deep. But I wonder um, how deliberate that is, because um, Levi Afano is, uh, when he runs to the line, he looks really good. But when he when he doesn't do that, he's sort of just quite stationary at times. So, yeah, who knows? It could be a deliberate tactic. It might be, but if you, if it is a deliberate tactic, then pass to where the ball, where the player is standing, not um, uh, not not to where he would normally be standing. I think um, so. Yeah. So I th- so I bet for what I say is Wallabies played well, but the Wallabies can play better. Is what I'm trying to say. That isn't they're not the finished article. Uh, there, there is room for improvement from them, um, and so it'll be. In, uh, so yes, they they can. I say they they can definitely get better than that. Um, there, Joshua. I understand that uh, you think the Wallabies have got this hand over the trophy, but a hundred nil uh, is, is is very unlikely. Um, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll we'll leave that to 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 one side. So now moving on to the All Blacks. Then, I mean, you mentioned the tackling. You, uh, you they they had to make a hundred tackles in that first half. Um, the they just couldn't get their hands on the ball, and yeah, had to put in a, a massive shift defensively, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they did. Um, the times that they did have the ball, they, they didn't help themselves. But I thought um, 
Dane Coles had a terrible night on defense. Um, you know, the, the amount of tackles he missed, I would hate to think. Um, and again, you know, Kieran Reid, whilst he was good for us at the breakdown, um, his defensive work is, uh, is somewhat lacking, and I could have at least uh, one try that he led in, Manatu Moli, and so um, I think it was in the after the first break of that, uh, to Kieran Reid, and also um, on, on defence too, um, Ben Smith sort of was lacking. If you look at that that try that, that Reese Hodge got, I thought that Reese Hodge was fantastic for Australia. It was actually that attempted intercept from Anton Leonard Brown. He drops the ball, and um, no one's no one's bringing uh, so the back there. He goes straight through Ben Smith because Ben Smith's caught in in no man's land. So. Um, yeah, some some worrying signs uh, on that front. But as I've been saying all week, um, two things: you'd rather <clears throat> you'd rather that happen now uh, than in September. And, and I think Kieran Reid on defense has um, been a bit of a liability for quite a while, actually. Well, yeah. let's, so let's look at some stats then. So Kieran Reid made twenty-two tackles um, at the weekend. Um, he missed six, to be fair. Um, but mm-hmm. he made 22. The next highest were both Whitelock and Ardy Surveyor, both making 17. So um, he got through an awful lot of work um, there, to be fair to him. The, yeah. um, so, yes, yeah, so he did get through a lot of work. Um, Atu Molly, who came on, missed three, but made out of four that he made. So that wasn't particularly good. Uh, other players, that I mean, Whitelock made 17, missed four. Um, ben Smith, you mentioned, 11 tackles. That's an awful lot for a back. Um, one less than Richard Moranga with 12. That's a serious shift. When you're making that many tackles, you are going to tire. And if we look at when the the uh, the, the, the scores were, um, obviously we're talking about the fact that this that it was a, a a record loss and all of that kind of thing. But if we actually look at the um, the, the 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 some some of the um, the scores. Obviously, at half-time, it's only a one-point game. Um, on the... Um, it's just a... It's not come up as, as... On the hour mark, it's still 26-19 on the hour mark. So it's still within one score at that point. Then it sort of... It's, um, then it sort of... It, it, it went away from the All Blacks in that last 20 minutes. Um, and having had to make... Uh, that many tackles, it's not surprising that they basically just ran out of steam uh, and Australia just ran all over them at the end there. Yeah, fair point. But, but I mean, when when you're standing right next to the breakdown and, you know, the winger comes in and just dots it down and, and you know, there's two men standing there looking at each other, um, you know, intensity uh, might be a bit lucky. But again, you know, this is... Um, Credit to how the Wallabies played. I mean, they. I, I was so glad that they didn't kick the ball away. I think you could probably count on on one hand the amount of times they kicked the ball in open play. Um, they just ran it, like you said, they ran at the All Blacks all night, and um, yeah, I, they backed themselves too, you know. So yeah, but I, I think yeah. Yeah, no, it's and it's something we saw a bit in my sync up as well, but. The, the the way of I mean, uh, first half, 81% possession, 87% territory, 
uh, in the second half, 53 and 67 percent. So they still still had the upper hand in the second half, but not as much as the first half. Uh, and you say that's, that territory wasn't done by winning kicking duels. They only kicked the ball 12 times in this game, uh, which is not very many. And a lot of those kicks happened towards the end of the game um, as well. So for the majority of this game, as you say, they hardly kicked the ball at all. Um, it was through keeping it in hand. But the fact, rucks won 97 percent. Um, they had 150 rucks and they only lost four. So if you can retain your ball that well, then you can go through phase after phase after phase and not really worry. And you'll end up uh, getting yourself in and, and you'll not only have possession, but you'll also have you'll, you'll end up getting territory. Um, and another amazing stat here that I only just noticed, um, malls in this game. The Australia had one mall and they won it. New Zealand had zero malls in this game. Yep. I, what with the line out mall being being such a, a potent try scoring method at the moment uh, the fact that we only had one mall in 80 minutes that's that, that's amazing yeah um and just on the importance of you know keeping ball in hand Broden Barrett's try um 23 phases that mm. I, I counted led it up to that try and um that was probably the the bright point of the all that's night actually um so yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess there's, you know, there's a lot of numbers and, and people will kind of get into that. But I mean, just in terms of watching the Swallowby side, and and I thought, you know, after watching the the match live, you know, I, I left it a few days and then went back and watched the replay. Uh, you know, watching the replay, I felt the exact same. It was just so great to see. The Wallabies, you know, throwing caution to the wind, and, and the way that um, Reese Hodge, um, and and I can't remember who the thirteen was, Kiravidi, uh, I think it was. Um, well, th- thirteen, the, thirteen was James O'Connor, but you're talking about the four, so, fourteen, um, yeah, Cole yeah. Betty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the more that those guys can get the ball, um, and they're quite fantastic, you know. The the more, um, but particularly those those two in the back line, the more they can get the ball. Um, I think they're going to be a real handful because they they take you know two or three to get them down. So, so and yeah. one of the things to remember about, about Corbett is, uh, is that he is an ex league player, right? Mm. So having him hanging around the back of rucks, which is what he did a lot of, a lot in that game, really plays into that uh, that, that kind of that, that style of play that you have in in, in a. Um, uh, in league, where you have the player roll it, roll it through between his legs, and and, and breaking in pretty uh, tight traffic and trying and, and trying to make breaks. So I think it's that that's a clever use of him. He's a big guy. He's used to uh, the, that that kind of play from league. So to bring that over, I think works really well. And then that lets um, Karevi, who was in the twelve jersey, occasionally float out on that wing. And we saw him, as you say, b- bump off um, uh, oh, Bowden Barrett and put him on his backside. Yep. Uh, so that's yeah, it, it's, it's clever use of players as well. I mean, there's I'm still one of these pl- people who thinks that um, uh, that that um, oh, Reese Hodge, really good player, but I can't. Is he a fullback? Is he is he really a winger? Yeah. Is he actually a centre? Yep. Good player, but doesn't seem to have a position at the moment. Yeah, and, and I think that's down to development too. I, I don't know if um, the people and even the Super Rugby have um, really developed them into a you know a solid player in and, and one position. It's great to have that versatility, but with his size, his height, 
his speed, his power. To me, he screams fullback, um, or maybe even a ten, probably fullback. But um, also Lily Afano, you know, quite um, I guess quite subtle and and how he goes about what he does. But he he is. I, I hope they. I'd say they will. They'll give him another go this weekend. Um, he, he's doing a good job there, and um, I think he's probably the guy they need to stick with throughout that World Cup if he's fit. Absolutely, I think he is someone they, they need to need, need to stick with. Um, again, I'm just going to you know, dive into the stats just to, to 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 illustrate something. But obviously, Aaron Smith got through a lot of passing. Richie Moanga, 32 passes. Bowden Barrett, 24 passes. Other yep. backs. Well, Antoinette Brown tops that with with with, um, with ten. So uh, actually, um, so that shows you with twenty three passes from Mwanga and uh, twenty four from Bowden Barrett, they both were switching in and out of that first receiver position. Um, to the two playmaker thing, is it working? Uh, was that the problem at the weekend? Do you think? Well, well, and this is not well. It is. It's probably going to be taken as an excuse. So I'll I'll, I'll run with it. Mwanga um, got nailed. Um, very early in the game, and I'm pretty sure he was winded. I, I don't, I don't know if he ever fully recovered from that. To be fair, um, and you know, like like a lot of these players, they haven't been in a situation like that for a while. You know, when's the last time Mwanga was on a team that was down by that many points? You know, I think he tried to do too Never. much. Yeah, particularly <laughs> late in that game. So, you, you know. I think it, it, it's too early to say. You know, it, it would not surprise me at all um, if they put Barrett back at ten for this weekend. But I'm also like, hey, you know, because I think Ben Smith, and we'll probably get into it, but you know, Ben Smith needs to go back to full back uh, for for himself, really. But no, I, to answer the question, I don't think it's. I don't think we can really answer the, that right now. To be fair. I don't think that was necessarily part of it. What I think was part of it, though, was both of them um, were trying to chip over the top too often uh, yep. rather than actually keeping the ball in hand and going through the phases. As you say, the one time they looked good when and when Bowden Barrett got his try was after 23 phases in the second half. Now, in the first half, they never they say they didn't get the ball, but when they had it, we were seeing these, these chips over and trying to chase the game, uh, and perhaps in the second half, maybe because they were chasing the game, but they needed to hold on to the ball more. Um, so I think I'm not, I'm not saying that it, it was it's down to having two playmakers, but I think by I think they b- both weren't making the right, taking the right decisions this weekend. Antoinette Brown was fantastic, though. I mean, not only um, you know I felt it was our best player, but defensively it was just an absolute mammoth all, all game long. And um, you, you know the the All Blacks. Uh, in terms of their discipline, were were actually better in that second half. You know, obviously, obviously after the red card, but um, I, I don't know, Paul. I mean, I I would like to see probably both things. Actually, I'd like to see. I'd love to see them stick with um, Barrett and Moanga, but um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Weekend anyway. Yeah, uh, the. I'm not. I, I, I'm a great believer in playing yep. the players in their position. Uh, so, hence, I'm, I'm not a great fan of having Mwanga and Barrett on. I'm also not a great fan of the Audi Surveyor uh, 
Sam Kane and Kieran Reid set up yep. uh, as the um, as, 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 as the three loose players. To me, that didn't work at the weekend because we've just talked about how how well Australia maintained uh, the possession at the breakdown. They did very well there, uh, and they just didn't, it didn't work um, having those three from, from in my opinion. So. Yep. Um, I think that's. Uh, I would like them to go back to, uh, yeah, this this week. Well, let's not talk about this week's weekend's lineup yet. We'll, we'll we'll get into that later. But the so to me that back row didn't work. Um, how do you how do you see that? I I agree. Um, I don't think it worked either. Not not a wee bit worried about it hitting in, but also um, that you know the front row is it's not working either. Um, we we got some big problems at scrum time, um, and and you know, spare me. I'm sorry, but spare me the excuse that Barrett wasn't there in the second half. Look at the scrum in the first half; it was an absolute shambles. Um, so so that needs to be be fixed as well. Um, what I fear though is that that combination is going to continue because this this all black coaching staff seem. Uh, seem intent on, on doing what you're, you're not a fan of. And and I'm starting to agree with you. I, I'm, I'm not so sure it's the right formula. Talking about the props in the front row, I mean, we've seen Carl Twinnath-Cathy go back to Harbour and not be uh, be dropped from the from this. And he is a scrummager, uh, not necessarily a mobile player um, around the park. The All Blacks want and want output out of their props, particularly around the park. Uh, and I think at the moment that is a detriment to their scrummaging. Uh, and they've uh, they've decided that that's worth it um, for, for the energy they get around the park. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced. No, I'm, I'm not either. Um, you know, every time Dane Coles is hanging, and it's been the same right throughout his career, every time he's out um, on that, that, that wing, something happens. But, um, you know, I... I, I don't know if it's a fitness thing or what, you know, but they are—they simply aren't getting it done. This this front row, and and I just wonder if it's worth giving. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure Taravell started against Argentina, I, I think. Yep. Um, so you, you know, maybe give him a go this weekend. Um, it, it's just you can see it, can't you? We'll talk about squad soon, as you said, but I mean. Everyone's just going to be wanting the strongest all black team on the park, you know, for the for the Eden Park domination this weekend. I don't know if that's the right answer, actually. I don't well, think we need to panic, you know. We we don't need to, yeah. We don't, okay. There's 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 a number of yeah. D- d- all right, I agree that there's that's um, <coughs> that, that panic isn't necessarily the right the right option, um, but a a sign of panic is when you do wholesale changes. Um, yep. For a game. Yep. Now we've known that we were going to get wholesale changes between the Argentina game and the South Africa game, but that was about that was about, that was about resting the Crusaders players and giving everybody an opportunity to show themselves to to survive, to um, to make a case for the Rugby World Cup squad. These two games, it's, it was a different story. It was about coming in, playing effectively a, a close, a, a pretty much a first choice team for both these games with the idea of securing the Bledisloe Cup 2-0. Now that's out the window, obviously, uh, but last weekend was 
the strongest team that was available uh, in the eyes of the coaches um, this weekend. Uh, so if we were to see a whole bunch of changes for this weekend, it would either mean they were happy to give up the Bledisloe Cup, which we know they're not, um, or there's a bit of pa- a bit of panic in the um, uh, in the camp. So I can't see them making wholesale changes for this weekend. Some changes, absolutely, but wholesale changes, no. I mean, they've got to make some changes because Scott Barrett has got to, uh, can't play this weekend. He's, um, and we'll talk about his ban um, in a second. But um, but apart from that, I, I, yeah, I, I think we're going to see that, yeah, they're going to go for the same uh, the same crowd again, aren't they? I, I think we're going to see Steve Roos, um at, at 14, and, and I think um, Ben Smith, 15, Bowden Barrett at 10. Um, that's probably the, the only change I can really think of. Obviously, um, the, the midfield as well and, and the locks you mentioned, but um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, if we go through this, so the, the front row is, is going to stay the same. Yep. Uh, in the locks, we're going to have White Lock uh, and probably Patrick Tupelotu. Yep. With uh, Hemapo on the bench. So that's one change. They will probably stick with the same back row, but personally, I would bring in um, either Fafita or Luke Jacobson at six and have a proper six. Yep. Um, so I think that, that, that should be two changes. Aaron Smith, absolutely, he starts with TJ on the bench. Agree. I agree with you. I would I would put Burden Barrett in uh, at ten, and put Richard Mwanga back to the twenty two jersey. So that's another change. Um, I think they've always been in line for having Sonny Bill Williams plate start in this game. So I think he's going to start at twelve with Anton Lennart Brown. Yep. Um, because uh, I mean, Good Hughes taken took took a bash last weekend. I don't know how fit he is. Yep. So that's three changes, and we're talking about not making lots of changes here. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then that means that Ben Smith goes to fullback. I'd, I'd keep Rico Iwani. Uh, now, whether they start George Bridge or Sevier Reese on the right wing, I'm open to either, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm not, not fussed. But yes, we'll see probably one of those two on that wing. Um, and then we'll see probably Lamapi in the 23 jersey, is how I see it. So um, so that, what's that? So that's, that that's, a, that's definitely a lock, a 10. Uh, and a f- uh, 12 and a 14 so at least four changes I would make a fifth change in um, in the number six jersey uh, and I would say that was not hitting the panic button but I can see how people would interpret a 30% change in the side and go hey the All Blacks hit the panic button yeah yeah I, I also would you know maybe maybe do they start Cody Taylor um, you know that's another option <clears throat> yep, it is an option. Um, the uh, so yeah, so we, we could be seeing as many as six changes, which that then is starting to say, hey, we got it wrong, we got it seriously wrong last weekend when you're making that many changes. Yep. Um, which does so, so does yeah, it's starting to get into that panic change. Um, so those are th- those I think are, are, are what we're going to see from an Australian point of view. By the way, uh, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'd roll out the exact same team again, um, yep. personally. Yep, same here. Um, the because uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I mean players like Curly Beal looking good at fifteen. James O'Connor needs more time in that thirteen jersey, but the combination seems. But having those two extra playmakers out wide does kind of help. Um, very, it's a very different styles of having uh, Kieran Drani and Falau in those two roles. Um, 
So yeah, they're very, very different style of plays and it's, and it's working well. And I'd keep the size in the pack. I, I would not bring Pococket back in Fluke on Tui. Um, uh, Pocock is definitely a better player than he is, pound for pound. The problem is Pocock's not pound for pound the same weight as as as, as Luke Antui, um, and that's yep. what's working for this for this Wallabies side. Yeah, and, and I think I would probably go. It might be a stretch, but that might be a paddock selection if they uh, if they do. I can see why they would, but um, yeah, you're right. Don't 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 change it with their formula. They they had the one on us at, at scrum time and. And at the you know large parts of the breakdown obviously and um, and you know I think fitness wise they'll probably be a bit better as well in uh, some ways. Well, if you're going to hold on to the ball like that and you're going to, and you're going to tire out the opposition by defending so much, you're going to yes, you will yeah. do. Um, I wouldn't I, yeah I wouldn't mind seeing Pocock on the bench, but I wouldn't but I wouldn't change the balance of that back row. Um, yeah. It's the kind of thing that worked well. Uh, it's a bit like the the important person at the last Rugby World Cup was. Um, Oh, I've gone blank. The number six, who's now with Leinster. Oh, anyway, doesn't matter. But it wasn't, yeah, you had, well, you, you were playing Pooper, you're playing Pocock and Hooper, but that was only allowed because number six did a lot of work that they that they didn't cover. Um, so I guess, yeah, it, we've we've inadvertently said what we, what we think is going to happen next weekend for the 23. For, for, for that, I think, yes, I think we'll go back to one playmaker, uh, as, as, as the main change, um, and then just yeah, a couple of personnel changes. I would personally like to see a back row change, but we're not. Gonna, I don't think we're going to see it. So then, Scott Barrett, three week ban. Are you happy with the? You think you're comfortable? That's that, that's a consistent um, and comfortable with three weeks. Should have been six. <clears throat> okay, so it was six. That was a starting point. And then he got reduced by he got reduced in half because of uh, early um, admission of guilt and a good disciplinary record to, year to date. So I think it's pretty much what I expected, um, yeah. and it's what I think. I don't think it's consistent with how the judiciary process has been working. Yep, yep. I, I mean, like, like I said on twenty, so I think uh, it's. To me, it's somewhat light, but it's also logical for the reasons you pointed out. And um, you know, I, I get, I get a wee bit. This is a tough one for me because I, I'm sure we'll talk about it too. I, I saw him leaning with that that shoulder on a few occasions prior to that incident. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it, as, as, yeah, the, as you say, you went back through and you say I think you you saw you made two or three. Uh, tackles in inverted commas like that leading up to that 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 situation. What that shows is is bad technique and the fact that uh, sooner or later it was going to happen. Now whether it was this game or the next game, who knows? But sooner or later he was he was going to take hit someone in the head with his shoulder, um, and and that's poor technique. And you're opening self yourself up to um, to cards, be that yellow or red, and that's yeah. that's not good for the team. I mean, you know, he was leaning in with the elbow on Hooper. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't see any other way around it. To me, it was like, uh, it was cynical. It was cynical at the highest order. And 
I was going to say, yeah, this is this is poor technique. It's poor. It, it's yeah, it's deliberate. This idea yeah. that the All Blacks are saying, "Oh, we weren't targeting Hooper." <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah, it's something the All Blacks have done for years: target, uh, tar- target the best player in the opposition. Now, the idea is you target him in a legal way, not an illegal one. But they were definitely making sure that uh, Hooper knew they were there. Um, my problem with the ban is the three games they've chosen. Yes. Now, this is where I have a problem. This Bledisloe Cup weekend, absolutely, that counts. But then the All Blacks aren't playing for two weeks. Um, so they've put forward that he would have been playing for the Crusaders for two weeks. Um, and for that, I say bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, there is no way he was going to be playing for Canterbury yep. um, in the Meister 10 Cup. Yep, I, I completely agree. You know, and some in the media are sort of say, using that as well as an excuse. Um, yeah, Bologna, I don't think we'd see any of these guys, um, you know, maybe with the exception of Luke Jacobson. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, how political do you want me to be on this? So I think, uh, yeah, I think the All Blacks have a, a lot of pulling power on this one, actually. It's what we've seen from the Southern Hemisphere, um, <coughs> not just the All Blacks. I mean, the, the, um, we've seen Australia do the same same sort of thing. Uh, to the extent they actually they brought in a ruling, um, I can't remember if this year or last year, they brought it in that said basically club games could not count towards um, bands during the Super Rugby season. Fantastic. Totally agree with that. I would say similarly that there should be a similar rule here for international players that the Meistersen Cup doesn't count towards it either. Uh, and this is something that you get uh, that can happen in you in uh, in the Southern Hemisphere because players are associated with a club, a province, a Super Rugby side, and an international team. There are four layers, four levels of, of, of rugby that they are signed up for, registered for. In Europe, there are only two layers. You've got club rugby, and then you have internationals. And there's no, there's none of this, um, this, this, this provincial stuff or other places for them to go to to pick up games. Uh, and so for me, uh, this this is a hole in this. It's 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 a it's a it's a blaring hole that's been there for years. Um, in the judicial problem that where the judicial process works differently in the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere or to Europe because of the levels of, of registration that players have. And that's wrong. It should, it should be consistent across both of them, uh, and, there should be, and it should be clearer as to what, what games can and can't count. Yeah. You know, and, and some of the, um, I mean, non-surprisingly, obviously, newspapers have to make money, but, but mm-hmm. some of the, uh, the, the stuff that's being said at the moment about, you know, the worst call of history and, and you know Gerald Garcet and and all this, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but um, it, to be honest, Paul, you know some of the the one-eyed All Black fans um, this week have um, have really got under my skin. So I'll, I probably won't say a whole lot more about that. You know, come on. <laughs> Okay, that, that, that's something that we that you get, whichever country it is, whenever something like this happens. Uh, we've seen it all over the place many times before, and it's not fun. Um, 
However, the, the, the New Zealand press have been embarrassing this weekend, uh, this week, sorry, um, with their, their ways of, okay, let's, let's dig into the game and find how, as, as many ways possible as to how the Australians are cheating. Yep. Um, let's come up with as many excuses as possible as to why this shouldn't have, have been a red card uh, and how it's inconsistent. Um, and let's come through. Let's, and it's been way over the top. And, and as I say, yeah, it's been embarrassing. Uh, and yet yeah, we won't be. That's that's not the direction we go in, and that's why I think people like like this channel uh, and and the stuff that we that we talk about is because we don't go down that route of deliberate clickbait and deliberately winding people up um, at all. I mean, I yeah, I, I can speak for myself. I guess you know, I I put a excuse my French, but I put a shit ton of work into the writing that I do. And you know what? The hardest bit for me of an article has always been the headline. You know, I would rather be, you know, I'm I'm disabled, but I'd rather be out on the street collecting rubbish than than coming out with some of the headlines that we've seen this week. Um, It's embarrassing and, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. To to, to be, to... To be slightly fair with some of the writers, they don't actually come up with the headlines. Sometimes it's sub-editors and editors that do, um, who, and that's their job. But, uh, yes, some writers do come up with their own headlines. Uh, yeah, it's just been, yeah, it's been embarrassing. Um, now then, uh, Jack's on the live chat goes, Hansen is a great coach. Um, he's using these games for what um, they are, trial games to the World Cup. In saying that, if we lose Bledisloe, though, um, that's a bummer. Now, um, trial games the first two Argentina and South Africa yes those were real trial games and that's how they were treated by the All Blacks the one against the Wallabies was not treated in that way that was a full-blown test match that they wanted to win Um, now I'm not disputing that Hanson's a great coach (laughs) I'm not not disputing the the, the first five words of that but absolutely I totally agree with you Jacks Um, but the um, the, but no these were deliberately wanted to be I, part of the preparation for rugby world cup is getting the players in a mindset that they can deal with pressure and they can deal with actually winning games um, and that's what that's how he was using these games um, was to build them up as big as possible so because when a player turns up at the rugby world cup final if he's not been there before how do you prepare him for that kind of pressure the only way you can do that is to try and build these games up as big as they can be yeah. so that the players are ready for it when they when it happens and i think that's a strength that the All Blacks have that other teams don't. For example, Wales have been deliberately, to a certain degree, flying under the radar um, mm. as they've climbed through the rankings. Uh, and you'll see, them, you'll see plenty of those teams and the Wallabies uh, and Springboks, etc., all um, try and play themselves down as the underdogs. Now, we see it laughingly from Hansen from time to time. Um, but everyone laughs at him when he says, oh, we're the underdogs, the Wallabies. Yeah, yeah right. This is the first time ever in his tenure that he that, that, that he can even vaguely suggest that going into this game um, with a straight face. So I think, yeah, so from that point of view, I think that's, that, that's, that's what's been going on. Also, if you've listened to some of the reaction, and as I say, some of, a lot of the reaction has been uh, embarrassing, but this is the first time I've heard any talk of... All Blacks coaches getting sacked. Now, 
Do I think it will happen if he loses at the weekend? Absolutely not. No, it won't. He has taken the All Blacks team to the Rugby World Cup. End of story. However, even to have that kind of talk being mentioned shows you that this weekend, this Friday, is a must-win game. This is no, this is no trial match for the Rugby World Cup, is it? Uh, very little talk about the skipper on the field. Um, and, you know, I, I've had concerns about Kieran Reid for a long time. I don't have any about Steve Hansen. Um, he can't, he can't determine what they're doing out in the field. To me, um, Kieran Reid on the field looks a bit like, like a yes man to a certain Bowden Barrett. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, our record recently, it's well documented, has not been that great. Um, and you know, I think Kieran Reid's ability to find unity in those situations out on the park, you can't find that. You have to speak to your players. You can't just be looking up at the scoreboard and, and, and looking at, at, at Bowden Barrett. So yeah, yeah, you, you, you agree. You've, you've you've had your doubts about, and you've you've been you've been more than happy to put 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 them out there as an opinion as well about about Kerry. That's fine, but as as far as this 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 game on Saturday goes, to me, this is an absolute must win for the for the All Blacks. Losing the Bledisloe Cup to Australia for the first time since twenty two thousand and two is it? Yeah, um, I think would be a major morale blow. To this team, yep. head of the head of the Rugby World Cup, um, and yeah, to me this is apart from uh, the perhaps the third Lions Test and the last Rugby World Cup final. This is the the most must win game in the last four years. Yep, yep, and, and I think um, if if not, um, the the spotlight should go on Kieran Reid, not. Not the coaches. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> yep. Um, you said it yourself; they didn't um, maul at all. For one example, um, the players uh, want the pressure as majority. Is, um, I, I find I, I, you can disagree. That's fine, uh, Max Jack. Sorry, um, with us. Um, I think part of the reason that they didn't maul once was the fact that they only had um, four lineouts. Was part of it. Um, well, they just didn't get the opportunity uh, to um, to maul. Only having four lineouts in a game is amazingly low um, for a team. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we can take that that one that that that, that one stat um, about it. Um, but yeah, this is this is a must-win game for for, for New Zealand. The, the, this this will be a full-on test match this weekend. Uh, there is and anyone who's I would disagree with anyone who's suggesting that it's purely a a warm-up game for the Rugby World Cup. Uh, I guess the question is, you know, we've kind of been talking about, you know, what what does it mean if, if we do lose this match? Um, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think it, it, yeah, it matters, but in terms of is the World Cup over if we lose this? No, no way. Um, there'll be a, a lot of panic, uh, but, you know, I, I if we lose this weekend I I don't really know what the direct action should be and, and you know they're not going to get rid of the coach they're probably not going to 
get rid of the captain either. Um, I, I just think it's going to make a lot of people very, very uncomfortable. But if the Wallabies can put in a performance such as they did in Perth, and yes, there was a red card, but you know, if they can play like that again, they will beat us, even with 15 men. And the I, there, there are a couple of things that have that, that, that come out of this. Um, the confidence, I think, in the team will go down significantly. I mean, losing that, that to, to me, losing that Blazers Cup is a very important thing for them. Um, I, I put a poll out there because one of the um, podcasters on the, uh, the Rugby Report card, he said he would rather win the Bledisloe Cup than win the Rugby World Cup. Mm. And 42% of voters, Wallaby voters, agreed with him. Now, still a majority want to win the Rugby World Cup ahead of the Bledisloe Cup, but the Bledisloe Cup means an awful lot. It's been yeah. a long time between drinks for them, um, as, as, as has been said to me. And yeah, it, there's a lot of mana in that cup. So I, I think that... Um, no, I, I, I think it does matter to, 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 to the confidence of the players um, and I think it will be detrimental to their rugby World Cup chances if they do lose it, to be honest. Oh, big call. Cool. <coughs> um, so, yes. Uh, and, what well, this is a... The, and it is a, is a, I mean, I, I have... Um, the, whilst she said, he, I agree, you'd rather lose outside the World Cup than during it, absolutely. Um, I, I totally, yes, totally agree with you again on that one as well. Um, and I think one loss uh, is actually quite good as it um, as it can be because uh, it can can take pressure off of about having this long long uh, winning streak. I mean, one of the things I said the other night was that I thought that the um, uh, that the what I was going to say, uh, that, that Wales losing to England was not a bad thing. Uh, it meant that they weren't going to have the pressure of, oh, you're running towards the longest ever winning streak um, and all those sort of questions. It takes that away and lets you just concentrate on winning the Rugby World Cup. Um, now, having a losing streak going into the Rugby World Cup, that's a different ball game. Losing one game, fine. Losing multiple games, that's not so good. Um, so, yeah. Um, so yes, there's, um, I, I, uh, and I do, yeah, I, and I do know for, for, for New Zealand winning that rugby world cup is, is a big, is, is, is important. Um, getting three on the bounce would probably be never, never be done again. So that would be a, yeah, that would, that would be a, 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 a fantastic achievement. Um, I think we've probably talked about all the, all the points I can think of actually. Excuse me. Yeah. Right here. Just can you do it quietly. Um, the um, so yes, yeah, so I think we yeah we yeah, we think the Hansons hasn't got selection right. Ah yes, one thing here. Is this all down to missing Wayne Smith? Is he that special ingredient that has kept the All Blacks so good for so long? I wonder. I I really do wonder because Steve Hansen, man, he did all he possibly could to keep. Wayne on and to the point where Wayne actually got a wee bit shitty at him. So I wonder, it's a good point. Um, another person that people have been sort of talking about as a potential future all black coach is Dave Rennie. Um, and yet, if you look at his record, um, his two Super Rugby titles were when Wayne Smith was part of his coaching setup. 
Um, now, the other person that's been asked, to, that's obviously there are two main groups or two main camps um, for the, the future rugby, uh, the future All Blacks coach, um, Ian Foster um, and um, Razor Relic, not Razor Relic, Razor um, Robinson. Um, are the are basic. Now, apparently both of them have um, asked Tony Brown to be part of their coaching setup. Uh, and Tony Brown is someone that has... Uh, I remember when Lima Sopawanga did the turn around and kick the, kick the ball over his head move for the Highlanders. Everyone's like, oh, that's a Tony Brown move. Um, I'm just wondering if, if Tony Brown is the new Wayne Smith um, in that being extremely good tactically, but perhaps not a head coach, but a fantastic assistant coach. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Probably, probably <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got good taste in hats, though, definitely. Oh, he does. He, he does. I love, I love his style. <laughs> him, him and, um, and Razor would go good together. Um, yeah, well, apparently Razor has approached him to be part of his coaching setup uh, if, he, if he becomes the All, Black coach, the All Blacks coach. Um, and as I say, Ian, Ian Foster said the same thing. Um, so, uh, obviously, the third person in the uh, sort of elephant in the room is Warren Gatland, who will be at the Chiefs. But I'm sure there's a get-out clause in that for him to become the All Blacks coach if, uh, if, 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 if it becomes available. So, yes, um, it's going to be one of those three, though, isn't it? Yep. Um, <coughs> right, there, um, any other final final thing? Nah, nah, no, I might have to head off a bit early, actually, mate. Cool. Okay, everybody, um, everyone, uh, check out um, the Real, Real Mike Pullman on uh, Twitter and also his podcast, um, Accidental Offside. Uh, everyone, um, I will be at a whole bunch of games over the weekend for the Mighty 10 Cup, so do follow me on Twitter at Driving More for that. Um, and I'll be putting the player into post-match player interviews onto the Driving More channel as well. So check that. Check out that. I'm getting through a stupid amount of driving. Um, so if you would like to support me and help become a supporter of the Driving Mall and help me with my petrol bills, um, then be, go over to patreon.com forward slash driving mall um, and become a, a supporter of that. You'll get access to exclusive videos and uh, opinion pieces, articles there as well. So please do that. Um, thank you, everybody. Good night. Michael, go get drugged up and get well. She's my face.